we're here. The recent series we started with author Sean Morrison about his coming memoir, Tour Stories from Beside the White Line. We focused on part one, the foundation, and talked with his dad, Randy. And part two, we focused on the loyalty that was in his life with his wife, Caitlin. And now we have reached part three, the journey. Sean is going to give you some insight and information about his journey and his writing companion. Jeff is going to join us in the conversation to give us some insight about their relationship along the way and how they were able to use each other's strength to complete a ride from the Pacific Northwest all the way to the Atlantic coast. I promise you it'll be worth the listen. Let's go. And today on Voices, I am excited because we have been doing a three-part series about tour stories, a pending publication uh, by Sean Morrison. And I'm excited because the first two parts were very, very sentimental and close to uh, your heartstrings. This one specifically is about the journey, part three. Sean is going to be joined by his riding companion, Jeff. And I'm excited to hear about this because there are levels to stories and this one adds a level to the story that really should excite you about the pending uh, book that's coming. So no person can introduce themselves better than themselves. So uh, Jeff, welcome to the podcast. And I will let you introduce yourself first, followed by Sean. So thank you, sir. The floor is yours. Uh, <clears throat> hey there, my name is Jeff Buell. Um, I'm an illustrator, designer, and developer. I also have a lot of experience in the cycling industry. Uh, <clears throat> Sean is my best friend and uh, we've known each other since high school. Um, started hanging out together because we were both on the track and cross country teams. Uh, we were pretty close in skill levels and so we kind of just trained together a lot and learned to push each other and challenge each other. <clears throat> um, so that's how I know Sean. <laughs> That's awesome. And Sean, welcome back. Your turn. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me back again for the third and final time um, <laughs> for this for this story, at least. Uh, <clears throat> so everybody knows I'm, I'm Sean Morrison. Uh, I'm the guy that rode his bike across America with Jeff Buell here. And um, I'm just I'm really excited just to get this thing going. So Let's, let's just roll right into it. And, and you know, the thing that's really awesome about that is uh, you you guys are both at different stages in your life. Sean, you're a family man now. Jeff, we're going to learn more about you for the, uh, for, for, the, for the readers and for the listeners as we go. But obviously, you've matured more. But I think about the first episode that I recorded with Sean about with his dad. And I remember Sean telling me, okay, so let's go. How did you tell your dad? And I just remember like his dad was like, this guy, man, he, we were at graduation and he said, I'm going to ride my bike across America. And we're just like, what? So Jeff, what, what did you do? Or what was the experience like when you told your family? Cause we're going to talk about what led to it, but I want to know what was it like for you when you told your family, you were going to ride a bike across the country? Yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I kind of just, well, I told my mom and she was like, you're going to do what now? And just kind of explained it more. And, uh, you know, 
everything just kind of lined up correctly and in, in my life. Uh, so it was like proper timing for it. And I kind of just had to explain that to her that, uh, you know, if, if I'm going to do this, like now is the time. And, um, luckily she's like really supportive and, um, yeah. I don't think it was as dramatic as Sean's experience. <laughs> it must be nice, man. <laughs> well, well, here's the interesting part about Sean. So, cause I'm not sure where you were in your, your space. I know Sean had just graduated, right? So, you know, the idea family wise was, you know, get a job, go do this thing. Sean was like, nope, no want to do any of that. And so for you, what, what were you doing right before? Had, did you just graduate as well? Or what, what, where were you at your, at no, so yeah. So, um, I mean, we both graduated at the same time from high school. Uh, and because, uh, I'd already graduated college, Sean, when he transferred, uh, that tacked on a couple more years, I think. I took a couple um, victory laps. Yeah. So what? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I had already been out of college, um, and I was working at a, uh, a, a bike shop. Um, so, you know, as far as getting leave to go on a biking trip, I mean, what are they going to say? No. <laughs> well, and you know, that's a, that's a really interesting thing. Cause I could just imagine going to your job and saying, you know what, um, just so you know, the next few weeks, uh, I'm going to ride my bike across the country. And I'm sure like your supervisor is like, uh, okay. Like, do you, do you have, yeah, to? pretty much. Yeah. Think you're going to have a job when you get back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and so you, you mentioned how you knew, you know, Sean. And so Sean, I want to ask you, like, we talked about it a little bit, but specifically because Jeff is here, it's interesting because the thing is that we talked to your dad, we talked to your wife and, and I, I just think about the, the grand question why Jeff? So, Sean, why, why did you choose Jeff? What, what made him the choice for you? So I'll, I'll let you go from there. Yeah, so you, you talked about earlier, or Jeff said, that we were uh, close to skill level in high school, but I completely disagree. Uh, Jeff was better at track and field, and I was better at cross country, and uh, even though Jeff was right on my tail the whole time pushing me. Um, but, but we were always like, better at one thing or the other. And then that pushed us both to get better at both things. Um, and anytime that I came up with a, a new super intense workout or like, let's go on this crazy survivor trip or, or, or any sort of weird uh, intense idea that I had, Jeff was right, right there and willing to do it. And so one day at lunch, I was like, Hey dude, um, no, I think Jeff brought up, uh, he said, Hey man, I really want to hike the Appalachian trail one day. And I said, uh, cool. Uh, let's like, I'm, I'm down to hike the AT. Uh, let's cycle across America too. So like, if, if I hike the AT with you, you got to cycle across America with me. And he was like, that sounds like a fair trade. And, uh, that's, that's sort of, sort of how it came about. It came about very organically. And that was probably in 2004 or five ish. And, um, it wasn't until 2012 that we made it happen, but and you know, that's awesome. So Jeff, now we can talk about it. When Sean came to you and said, Hey man, let's ride bikes across America. <laughs> what, what was your response? I mean, we'd already made that pact, right? So, I mean, why not say yes? I, I um, vividly remember this part. Do you remember like the exact moment? Me? That it became conc concrete. Yeah. 
Uh, no. no? <laughs> I remember being like, yeah, that's a really exciting idea. Like, uh, let's do it. Um, but I don't know if it took a little bit of convincing. Uh, maybe. Uh, zero. It took zero convincing. I, I, it, I see this like crystal clear. We okay. were on Facebook Messenger back in uh, 2011 or so, back when it was actually utilized. And uh, I, I sent you a message and it was just a date. It was September 1st, 2012. You said, what is this? I said, that's the date we start cycling across America. And you said, you said, uh, I want to get this right. I can't believe it's finally here. Or no, 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 it was, uh, no, no, you don't know how long I've waited for you to say that. That's what it was. Okay, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, that's awesome. So there was an anticipation there. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've always been pretty adventurous, um, so I think I think that that I do remember that, and I think that uh, you know that message was like the universe kind of working itself out, and uh, it was just like you know now's the time it makes sense because uh, I was single, uh, my roommate was moving to another city, our apartment was our lease was up, um, so. It was just like, let's do it. Yeah, and my I had uh, that's like when I stopped working at camp, give yeah. me like a two or three week break, and then take off. Which is which is cool to me if we think about it sort of in that grand sense of you guys. It, it, if you think about it, it's not that you were little kids, but you know, think about kids saying something to each other. Hey, we're gonna do this thing together, and then you did it. You know, and, and so the thing about it is. It, the cool thing about it is, is clearly in your friendship, in your relationship, whenever you said things to each other, you, you didn't say things and take them lightly. Like when you said it, it was a thought out thing. You're like, hey, we're going to go do this thing. And both of you didn't know when, but you both felt a, a certainty that this was going to happen. So I think that that says something and speaks volumes about not only both of you, but uh, your, your vision. I, I don't know if you look at it that way, but I think that says something about your own vision, you know? I very much view it the, the, the same way because uh, almost daily, I think, okay, when is the AT going to line up? Because <laughs> yeah. it's still like a debt that I have to repay in, in a <laughs> sense. And uh, it's something that is going to happen. Like there's no, there's no question about if it will happen. And okay, well, I'll say the AT. It might not be the AT, but some grand hiking trip, right? Something, something like that. Um, but, no, it's going to be the AT. Okay, whatever. I just feel like it's a little overdone, but that's we're going to be we're going to be geezers. Yeah. Well, you know the funny we're thing. Be like Ninety uh, years old, like trying. <laughs> the funny thing is, uh, Jeff. Uh, uh, I I know, like I know, Sean has a family and all that. The interesting thing is, um, uh, when I talked to Sean before, he said, "Yeah, you know, um, I, I'd ride my bike across the country again, but I would take my son and you know do family." And then I think you know you just said to be geezers, so. It's possible, I mean, you guys are setting up the, the AT with children, you know, <laughs> which would be really cool, right? I mean, I think that would be like yeah. the most, uh, uh, I don't know, sort of sitcom-y storybook thing you could do to go from like <laughs> being young men to being uh, adult men uh, doing something that you promised to do uh, uh, a long time ago. Not like Grown Ups, like the movie Grown Ups. We're not going to do anything like that because, you know, that, that, <laughs> that's a totally different thing. But more like so, the bucket list, right? Yeah, 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 but not like, hopefully not old like that, though. 
<laughs> only now like that you don't want to be like getting ready to die like we don't want that on you yeah. so um but it could be like that family uh that we met uh on the rv in the middle of the desert remember that mm -hmm. uh this little tiny uh rv you know two-person type i don't even know how to, it's a small rv very small they, we we were riding and we got we had about 40 to 60 miles left before the next city and i was per usual starving to death and this RV just pulls over on the side of the road and it's like, Hey, come over here, guys. I want to like, let's, let's talk like how far y'all going. Right. And so we pull over and then these two strangers invite us into their RV and start giving us like granola bars and oranges and sweet tea. And it was like the best moment in, in life for me at that time, because I'm starving and you're giving me food. And that's all that I wanted on this entire trip is just more food. I couldn't get enough. But they're, they're feeding me and everything. And then so we start talking to them and they're like, yeah, when we were uh, raising a family, we took our whole family on a trip across America, which is that. Have I, have I told you the story, Lou? Have I told you the story about the no, family? No, I don't. I don't. I, I, it, it, it sounds familiar because I think you mentioned a part of it uh, when your wife was on. But I know she was like, yeah, I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah. So it, you might have alluded to I, it. But I, I don't know myself, if you went into But it was detail. a family of five. Uh, and so they, uh, mom, dad, and three, three kids rode across America. And so I could definitely see me dragging my son. And I don't know if Caitlin's going to let me drag her, but I can drag my son up to ATT. <laughs> hey, make it a boys trip, right? That's right. Yeah, that's right. So, um, Jeff, what, what were you, what did you leave behind, uh, when you decided to go like, okay, we're, we're fast forwarding. You made the plans. You said, I can't wait to do this. You're on the plane and you're heading over there. What did you leave behind? Because we, we know what Sean left behind, but what did you leave? Yeah. Uh, not a lot. Uh, like I said, uh, everything just kind of lined up for me. Like, um, you know, I didn't have a place to live. It was basically just packed up all my stuff and, uh, you know, stored it at my, my mom's house. She was uh, luckily cool with that. She was also okay with taking care of my cat for three months. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was just like, other than that, it was perfect timing. And, and that's pretty awesome. So I remember uh, in, in, a, in a prior uh, conversation with Sean, he, he was talking about like getting the plane ticket and getting all the stuff there and then landing and boom let's go so when you guys got there and uh what what was it like like when you did you look at each other when you you, you hit the ground and your, your bicycles are under your legs and you're like okay let's go so what, what was that like so and this is where because sean i haven't asked you this question because jeff wasn't there so like you're about to start this ride bikes are under your legs you, you got your, your your whatever you have with you what was the experience? What was that feeling? So Jeff, I'll have you go first and then Sean, you can add to it. The first day or, or, or getting off the plane. The first day, the first, first day, first day. Yeah. Uh, it was a little intimidating. Um, I think I was pretty nervous. I'm sure Sean was too. Uh, it was a pretty rough start. <laughs> um, you know, we had uh, our hosts were kind of seeing us off and they're like, you know, waving us by. And I think we weren't even out of sight yet. And like Sean's paneers just popped off and fell on the road. So that was a little like, okay, going to be interesting. 
And that's that's awesome because the, so uh, you you start in uh, Washington State, and so I'm guessing the, it, it what 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 was like sort of the altitude area, the weather. What was that? What if if we're visualizing? What what are we seeing? So Sean, I'll let you kind of fill in some of those, and Jeff, you can add to it. Yeah, so we started in Seattle, so at sea level, <clears throat> but it was. Uh, for whatever reason, just luck would have it, the four sunny days that Seattle sees a year was just consecutive, right? Like right there. So it was nice and sunny, beautiful uh, Seattle weather, um, right there on the coast, a little bit windy. But like you said, I hopped on that bike and I got five pedal strokes into it thinking I was king of the world. And then boom, I hit a speed bump, my paneers pop off. And I was like, I'm not going to make it across America. There is no way. Right. And then Dave runs over. He helps me put my paneers back on, uh, and we bungee them down real good. And I'm like, okay, I'm good to go. I make it about uh, 10 minutes down the road. We stop. We eat some blackberries uh, that we saw growing because, uh, again, I'm freaking hungry all the time. So we, we, get, we get going another 10 minutes, and then I hit a sewer drain. And then my paneers pop off, gets rammed uh, right in, into my spokes. I almost flip over. And it ruins, it like shed, uh, shears the inside of my paneer. So now you can see my gear in my bag from the, from the inside or from, from like the underneath. And I'm like, there is no way. I've wrecked twice in 20 minutes. I have thousands of hours I have, I'm about to ride here and I, this ain't going to happen. And for some reason, Dave just shows right back up. Dave was our host in Seattle, by the way. And he just comes out of nowhere like a cycling Jesus and with three more bungee cords. And then we just wrap it right back up and I get going. And then we kept on, kept on cruising. But uh, yeah, I was not hopeful at the start to say the least. So Jeff, you're watching this happen. What's going through your head, man? <laughs> uh, I mean, I was just, I was just uh, really happy that, he didn't crash and didn't like injure himself preventing us from actually doing the trip that i think that was the biggest concern was like what if one of us gets injured to some degree where like we have to stop or we have to stop and quit and i just i hope that didn't happen at all and i definitely hope that that was not happening like within the first 10 minutes <laughs> Yeah, and I was I was nervous about that too because I started the trip with a, a bum knee, right? Like I had heard it at camp. I don't know if I told you about that, Lou, but I I slipped on some uh I jumped over a tree playing tag, uh, a form of tag, with all the the camp kids. I was one of the counselors. I, I cleared this tree like a hurdler trying to be Jeff, and I landed wrong, twisted my knee, heard a little pop, and just screamed like it was gonna. Uh, I screamed some some things I should, probably shouldn't have screamed at a Christian camp, and uh, <laughs> yeah, so I started off with a bum knee, and so I was nervous about getting injured on that trip too. So, so, uh, and I didn't, I haven't asked you this, uh, Sean. So obviously, uh, for you to answer this as well. So, did did you, Jeff? This question is for you first, and then Sean, you can add um, your perspective as well. So, did you have a contingency plan? So, if this didn't work was there a backup plan? Was there a contingency of like, Hey man, because you just said, you're like, Hey man, I hope this doesn't ruin the thing. And I know Sean talking to him in different episodes, he had the resolve in his mind. He was like, I'm going to do this. And then right out of the gate, boom, boom. Right. And so uh, 
well, I, I haven't asked Sean if he had like a backup plan, but I'm asking you, Jeff, do you have, did you have a backup plan? And, and Sean, you can obviously add into that what your perspective was also. Yeah, so I don't think there was a backup plan. We, we did go into it like full confidence. Um, and I mean, that's part of the reason we, we started on the West Coast. It was like, you know, literally there's no turning back. Like you're just going to ride home now. Um, and I think that, you know, we both had like our, our doubts and concerns, but like we, we both were very determined to complete it. And I think we were just prepared for anything to happen and just to try to adapt to that situation because you can't prepare for everything. Um, and uh, yeah, so just like depending on the situation, if, if something came up, just try to adapt to that. I don't know if Sean had something like specific. Uh, speaking, than that. speaking to your adaptation and, and getting ready for anything that comes, I learned this, I think we both learned this on the same day, but we woke up after being hunted uh, by a hunter in the, in the middle of the night. And that's a whole other story. That's in the book. That's a, uh, that's a whole thing. We woke up uh, after that <clears throat> and I get out of the tent all groggy and Jeff's just over there, like, like doing arts and crafts and he's messing with a bicycle tube, putting tree sap on it and sealing up uh, a tree sap and then a piece of paper, I think, and sealing up one of the holes in his tire using tree sap. And it was I'll, a, uh, it was an actual like tire patch, but I, I ran out of glue. <laughs> oh yeah. So you were using sap as the glue. And I was like, <laughs> man, I never would have thought of that. That's, that's genius. And so just the ability to adapt and, and use, use what you got, because we were, we weren't anywhere near, you know, bicycle glue. That just wasn't happening. <laughs> so, so it, devil's advocate right I think that's an interesting phrase in itself uh if you had to stop now like years later you've already been successful you if you had to stop what do you guys think you would have done and either one of you can go first I just think that's interesting because both of you had this like steel resolve of we're gonna finish this damn thing but at the same time, things were happening. And like, I didn't even know about the hunter thing. So now, now you're, you're, you're getting hunted by Elmer Fudd. So now <laughs> you, you got the whole thing going on. And I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think you said something about a bear too, Sean. So, I mean, you were going to be, uh, or some kind of animal, right? I, I remember an animal in there somewhere. So uh, <laughs> you were going to be either, you're going to be food for someone or you're going to be on someone's a wall, right? So <laughs> what, what, what if just, we're, we're not being defeatist, but just on the other side, what do you think you guys would have done? Like, how do you think you would have looked at yourselves if you had stopped? I have no idea. Yeah. That is the, one of the hardest, nobody's <laughs> ever asked me that. And uh, I want to say immediately, like, and, and I would have a much different job, much, uh, I wouldn't have the confidence that I have now for sure. I think that that trip gave me, you know, a lot of confidence and that in turn has led me to take more risks uh, with my careers. And I think that I would have played it safe and, and just gotten like a, you know, just an easy job and just rode, rode life out. And Jeff? Oh, man, I don't, I don't really know what we would have done either. Uh, again, if it was like an emergency, obviously we would take, you know, the normal steps there but if we had to like 
stop for some reason. And like, you know, I don't think, I think in my mind, like, it was like, okay, if, if something happens, like, and we have to go home, like, how do we get the biggest, I guess, uh, challenge would be how do we get uh, away from the middle of nowhere to a city, uh, you know, with an airport, and then how do we get tickets and get back home? And, and that's, it, it's, the reason I asked the question about stopping is because I do think, and I agree that your, your lives would have, would have been different. Uh, it's possible it could have been the same, right? Because you may have, may have taken up another challenge. But now that you, you went through it, there was no stopping. Your story now. Tell me about the story. What were some of the happiest moments during the ride? What were some of the low points for you? And, and what were some of the moments that you sort of remember uh, collaboratively that you're just like, dude, like, Jeff, what, what, what was a moment you're like, I can't believe Sean just did that? Or, Sean, what's the moment you're like, dude, what is Jeff doing? So I'm sure there are moments there. So, uh, Jeff, I'll have you go first. And then, Sean, you obviously can jump in as you f- feel need, uh, necessary. Yeah, so, um, I mean, that's kind of a tough question. Uh, for, for me, uh, I think when I was going into the trip, part of what I was, like, kind of storing uh, was I was hoping that I would, I was excited for the different cities we'd be stopping in and passing through and, um, you know, kind of, kind of tracking like, okay, maybe I could live here. Right. Um, and I was expecting like, you know, a moment somewhere like that, that was just, that just spoke to me. Um, however, I think, I, I think the happiest moments were just like, outside of cities and towns when everything was just going right like it's just perfect weather you know legs felt great you're just pedaling almost like in a meditative state and you're just kind of being absorbed or even like dwarfed by the landscape and your surroundings you know just like really just experiencing that moment that's awesome man sean yeah that's a that's a good point uh i would say that it's coming out of that moment is probably my favorite, right? So you, you've got everything that Jeff just mentioned, except now your endorphins are through the freaking roof, right? And then I'll say something completely dumb to Jeff and we'll both bust out laughing, like cackle laughing, tears come down face, almost want to throw up just, and it's the dumbest things, right? Like one of them, uh, Obama wouldn't let us uh, fix the ozone layer that we got to stitch with whale blubber, right? Like, <laughs> like that doesn't make any sense, right? But, but, but somehow context and endorphins and like this cycling high that we got just made, we literally thought that, that was the funniest thing on the planet. And it is the stupidest thing I've ever heard saying it out loud now, right? But it's uh, those moments that you can't explain right? The ones that literally no amount of words uh, would ever, even if I was good with words, it would never uh, say how I felt or say, uh, exp- uh, help you experience that, you know? And, and I think that the thing is this, this podcast is really going to add a dimension to your book that m- really makes the reader see you 
more as a person, especially having Jeff there, because Jeff offers that third person, that sort of uh, that Truman Show kind of uh, view of I'm watching the whole thing happen. And so what were some of the um, uh, your favorite moments maybe that you both kind of think of? So, Jeff, like what's what's uh, if, if you did the West Coast, you went from you went Washington State, Oregon, California, and I'm guessing then you cut across the mountains. So you were what uh, did you do? What, what states did you do? I'm, I'm trying to remember. I, I know I know. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the past. So we uh, we we started, like you said, uh, did the west coast along the coast uh to san francisco and then that's when we turned inland and we actually went uh, across nevada and then uh rounded off the bottom corner of utah down into arizona and then pretty much just a southern tier from there um highlights for me definitely the pacific northwest is just gorgeous out there and kind of mysterious too. Um, I also like Nevada. I like just being in the middle of nowhere. Um, and yeah, I don't know if Sean has, I think he, Sean liked interactions with people more probably than I did. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Uh, <laughs> like, like uh, what's his name? Um, Dale. Oh yeah. <laughs> Dale, like, uh, so we had just come off a mountain called Leggett and, uh, Leggett is well known again, uh, amongst West coast cyclists because everybody goes up Leggett and they're like, Oh man, that's a, that's a, that's a hard mountain to hit. Right. And then, so now we're bombing down Leggett. We feel good. We just crushed this mountain. We just did awesome. We're bombing down it. We're singing about how easy that was again in one of those euphoric delusional states. And then, all of a sudden we have this second piece of leg that just really just sucks the wind out of you. Nobody talks about this second incline. And so we're suffering up this piece and I'm still trying to sing that song in the back of my head. And I'm like, Oh, this mountain sucks. Oh my God. Right. And so then legs are full of lactic acid. I don't even celebrate when we start going back downhill again. Cause I fear that, you know, there might be a third one who knows. And so then we make it, we, I finally see the coast and it just, it opens up, the tree line just opens up. I can see the ocean, I can see the coastline, I see the road, no more mountain. I'm super pumped, but I'm exhausted and I see campground right there. And so we ride into this campground. There's there's like three RVs there and, and like maybe two tents. We start to make some, some food and uh, realize that we're out of propane for our, our fuel. And so I, I'm like, hey Jeff, I'm just gonna ask, see if they got any like propane or gas. And he's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you can't just go asking people if they got gas, right? And I'm like, oh, no, 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 it'll be fine, it'll be fine. So I, I roll up to, to this, one of the sketchiest RVs I've ever seen in my life, and I knock on the, I knock on the door, and this dude named Dale, uh, very much King of the Hill-esque Dale, uh, opens the door, and I ask him if he's got gas. I have to explain myself, and I'm talking about propane. And uh, he's like, no, but y'all can just come in and have some sandwiches. And I was like, sweet. <laughs> that was a, a pretty interesting segue. Do you have some <laughs> gas? No, but you can have a sandwich. Okay. <laughs> it, it pretty much went exactly like that. Like zero, zero talking. And he just brought us in for a sandwich. And uh, while, we're, while we're doing that, we're explaining the trip and doing all this stuff. And, and then um, 
he starts talking about how the uh, Drug Enforcement Administration uses heat-seeking cameras to track down marijuana smugglers on the West Coast, and then that his brother-in-law is a DEA agent or his cousin or something like that. And uh, just those kind of moments that I'm never going to meet this guy in real life. Like, there's no way. <laughs> but somehow here we are in the same trailer eating the same sandwiches. And uh, those kind of moments were, were special to me. And so you, you actually, uh, uh, Jeff, you made me remember something because I remember Sean talking about San Francisco. So uh, that you, yeah, I, I think if, if I'm not mistaken, Sean, you said you might have stayed there longer than you should have or something along those lines. So this, the stopover in San Francisco, was there anything specifically memorable for you, Jeff, when you were in San Francisco? Uh, yeah, I mean, that was a good time. Um, I, I had, well, we had some uh, friends that, uh, I, had, I had a friend that I went to college with who was living out there. And um, some other friends were flying out there to visit. And we didn't really um, like plan this, but we just like discovered that we were going to be in the same city at the same time. So it just was really cool um, to just meet up with all those guys who I hadn't seen in a while and, uh, you know, just experience like a new city with friends and be on this awesome bike trip at the same time. That's awesome. Man. Was, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. It was stressful getting there. That was stressed and uh, Jeff induced stress to number one, scenario number one on that trip is we got to make it to San Francisco by this date, right? And then we got to make it to the Grand Canyon by this date. And then the last one was we got to make it home by this date or else my girlfriend at the time is going to kill me. But it, it, we, put the, we put those timelines on ourselves and I feel like that is something that if I were to do it again, I would, I would say, Hey guys, if we miss you, we miss you. Like, sorry, because that it sort of takes away from like how much of that part of the West coast did we miss? Right. Like, I, I don't know if, if I were, if I were to recommend it to someone else, I would say, calm down. Right. You'll get there when you get there. Just enjoy the day. And I agree. Cause the thing about it is in, in hindsight, you're like you, that even though if you think about it, those things probably pushed you a little harder uh, to make sure you, you completed those things because there was sort of a dependency that someone else was going to be waiting for you. But uh, uh, um, Jeff, you said something that uh, I don't know if Sean was aware of this, but I, I find it to be an interesting, interesting point. You said uh, when you were traveling, you were looking, when you were riding, you were looking at potential places, right? Which is interesting because uh, it, it, like you said, you didn't leave anything behind. So it, for you, like, obviously Sean was going back to his girlfriend. He was going back to uh, a st stability kind of thing. I mean, obviously your home and your family are there, but you, you, you sound like you were open to say, as you made this ride, if I like this place, I might want to come back here and this is where my, my somewhere is. Sean, did you know yeah, that? Yeah. He talked about it almost daily. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, and that's an interesting part of the story because the thing uh, about it is, is that you, you, you going, you were going through your own thing, Sean, and, and we, we've sort of chronicled that and the book will give more detail on that. But I mean, Jeff, you were going through something as well, but not sort of on a like, uh, none of it was like sad, but they were literally life altering moments where you were looking for something. So uh, did, did you feel like you found anything along the way there? 
You know, uh, it, obviously I, I, I came back home and I really didn't move anywhere. I think what I found uh, was that I, I did miss home. Like I've never been a person to be homesick, like going off to like camps and stuff like that. But it just, uh, after a certain period of time for me, it just is a little bit longer, I guess, than other people. I just really like started to miss home. So uh, yeah, ended up back here. And that, and that's fair. So as we as we start to make some uh, some of the transition, uh, uh, one of the more interesting things that I remember Sean telling me, and I feel like if we're telling a story, this is sort of the the climax of the story, is when uh, Sean said he ran out of money, and he's like, okay, I have to stop, and I'm going to work. Now Sean gave his perspective on that. So Jeff, tell me what that was like when. He, uh, well, uh, Sean, maybe actually, Sean, you set the moment up and then Jeff, tell me what you were thinking when Sean says to you, uh, Hey man, I'm going to stop. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure Jeff knew that I was going to run out of money at some point because I landed in Stanford or in uh, Seattle with like a couple hundred bucks. Right. <laughs> so Jeff was like, what is he thinking? And so I ate cheap when I could. Uh, but you know, I just kept being like, Hey Jeff, like, running out of money, bro. And then, you know, I, I was writing blog posts and stuff and people were uh, giving money via PayPal and that was keeping me going, you know, pretty strong for, for a long time. Um, <clears throat> but it, uh, yeah, it all came to a head somewhere around Arizona, I want to say. And, uh, we were staying with one of our warm shower hosts and I was like, Hey Jeff, I'm cruising Craigslist right now. I'm looking for like one of those, like sweep my roof off or, you know, clean my gutters or mow my grass situations. And, uh, I'm going to try to get some money. Like you just take on take you know, go on ahead and I'm going to hang back. So Jeff, what would, what, what was going through your mind when you hear this? Yeah. Uh, so backing up a little bit, um, you know, it's not like totally out of the blue, like we had been talking about, or he had been mentioning it. And I knew of like, you know, people donating and stuff like that. And that also was part of some of the like timelines that I was hoping to meet is so that like, it wasn't like you ran out of money, like in <laughs> Seattle. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I was expecting it that that conversation and it wasn't really like you know something that uh was an option i mean if i'm in a position to help my best friend out like i'm gonna help him out um if he was like no i really just want to stay and work or whatever like i'm not gonna stop him from doing that now whether or not i would have stopped I don't know, because it is hard to think about just cycling by yourself. Um, yeah. So if, if that were to happen, I, I think looking back, I probably would have like stayed put because I didn't have anywhere to go. And just like we work it out and figure it out. And that's, you know, that's really cool, because if you think about it, it, it basically showed you were like there through thick and thin. So the question I asked before, what would happen if you stopped? The reason it never entered your mind is because it wasn't an option, nor was it ever like even in the, the atmosphere of something being an option, which is really cool. Uh, now, you mentioned something about home, and uh, um, Sean explained how he, he, he communicated back at home. 
So Jeff, what was it like for you to communicate back home? Like, uh, obviously, <laughs> Sean had a girlfriend, his family, and uh, obviously, and his, we talked to his dad, where his dad was like, kind of, not I wouldn't call it dismissive, but his dad wasn't terribly supportive in the way Sean wanted it to start. But as we continue, obviously, I feel like his dad probably was more on his side, rooting him on from the sidelines. So, uh, Jeff, what was it like for you to communicate back home? And did you have conversations with Sean about his communications with his family and your communications with your family? Yeah, I mean, um, a lot of uh, my communication with friends and family, um, you know, a lot of those friends, like, core group of friends that I went to college with a lot of those guys uh were outside of home now like they had moved away and that was one of the reasons I was in the back of my mind thinking of other places along the way um but I also had like my my newer group of friends uh kind of more in the cycling community back home that were really rooting for me um so it was good just to like you know, get messages from them and support from them. And then of course my family back home. Um, in terms of like, you know, being there with Sean, it's kind of, you know, when you spend every single day with someone for so long, like whether you try to or not, like you're gonna be kind of in their business. So, um, you know, I know that he had some, um, you know, more difficult conversations, especially with uh, Caitlin, uh, his wife, that, you know, I didn't, I mean, I, I'm sure if like I was in a relationship, it would have been the same thing. You know, it's just hard on a relationship like that. It was a good, it was a good test. Uh, it's, hey, hey uh, I cannot try, is this going to work? Uh, let me go away for a little while. I'll come back. Okay. Yeah, it works. All right. Well, and, and that's cool because the thing about it is we have the conversation with uh, Caitlin Chronicled, but it also gives that extra level of depth for it, for the book. Uh, an another thing, Sean, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned, I have mentioned more so than uh, Sean has, but, and it's probably because I didn't talk to him about it, but you mentioned the cycling community. So uh, what, what was that like? What was their communication there? Because uh, I know Sean mentioned he went to different websites to find out from the cycling community, like what's the best way to make the trip? But you've mentioned like actually <laughs> communicating uh, with with people back back in that community, and uh, also Sean. So, sort of, what is your relationship in, in this sort of same aspect for the cycling community? Yeah, so I uh, I was mostly referring to, like I said, I worked at a bike shop, and I was mostly referring to a lot of my friends and coworkers at that time who were supportive but like um they were just kind of like in the beginning like good luck i hope it works out for you <laughs> and then you know um as it as time went on like they were definitely like really really supportive and they're like this is really cool that you're doing this yeah and i was uh i was a couple years removed from my my job at the bike shop uh, probably a couple years removed from cycle, uh, like, like racing triathlons and, um, this cycling was just something that I just did. And I wasn't really buried or immersed in the community. Although a lot of the friends Jeff's referring to, uh, at his bike shop they're like, I know, I know them and I know of people in, in that realm. Right. And I would say that they're, some of them are my friends too. 
And I, I, I thought about that because it, it, it's interesting because there's, there's always a community because I thought about it when we first talked and you said how you sort of uh, uh, looked around the plot, the trip. And then I, I did never dawned on me that there is obviously a community because you told me about warm showers and things like that, which are all new information points for me. Now, uh, I, while I talked about the communication, uh, Sean broke his phone like early on in the trip. And so, so mother, mother uh, nature broke yeah. my phone. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. So I don't want to blame you. So mother nature, you know, they, she, she wins. Yeah. And so, um, Jeff, you had a phone, uh, with you during the trip. Is that right? Yeah. And so, uh, like, so w w you were able to like regularly communicate with people in regular increments more so than, than Sean was, or how, how was that for you? Um, I think it was about the same, um, you know, being on the bike primarily all day, like you have to preserve battery life. So you either shut it off or you like keep it in airplane mode or something. So you don't really communicate with people throughout the day um, or when you're, you, you have to ration it. So, you know, if you're in a place where you can get electricity um, which usually was just like stopping somewhere and plugging in, um, you know, then you can like check your messages or call, make calls and stuff like that. But it, it, I don't think it was like, you know, when his phone broke, it was like, okay, you just use mine when you need it. Right. I just wasn't getting those like everyday text messages and stuff like that. Yeah. Just show Sean, you think that was something that was good for you? You said Mother Nature did that, but the universe might have wanted you to have less communication with people too, right? Uh, yeah, I think that in some ways it was probably a good thing, right? Because uh, it happened just before we hit the Sierra Nevadas, and that's where I started uh, dealing with a lot of a lot of the stuff with my dad. So uh, it gave, gave me more time to, to think through things for sure. So, uh, Jeff, along the ride, were you kind of like his counselor a little bit? <laughs> I think we definitely uh, helped each other out, you know, through, right. through difficult times. Like I was feeling, uh, you know, pretty bummed out for some reason or the other on my, I was like, it was my birthday. And, uh, cause, cause we didn't make it on time to the Grand Canyon. Yeah. That, yeah. I admit that was, I don't, that was a stupid goal. Uh, I really wanted to be at the Grand Canyon, uh, for my birthday, but, uh, anyway, uh, so the place we were at, um, you know, Sean just like talked to the people that own the place. And I was like, Hey, you know, the, he's feeling a little down. It's his birthday. And, uh, you know, they're like, well, how about you guys can just shoot pool for free all night. So, you know, little things speak volumes. And, and, and you know, the thing that I find really interesting is, uh, I, I, the goals that you guys had are really, really uh, not only ambitious, but they're really cool because you were both in very different places, but in the same place, right? And so my, my, my question is, is that you're, you're along the way and when did you both know or was it or was it separate times when you knew you were going to finish like you could feel it not 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 you all knew you were going to finish from the get go. But I mean, when you really knew you're like, dude, we're going to finish this. So what was that moment like? So uh, Jeff, I'll have you go first and then Sean, you can uh, jump in and piggyback. 
Yeah, um, I don't know if we did experience that at the same time or not. Um, I know for me, like, we were in Texas for like forever. Like, we were in Texas for like three weeks. And I, th amount of time. I think when I we, <laughs> I think when we got through that on the other side of that, um, I could feel it, you know, and then especially, um, uh, once we left new Orleans, I personally was, I was ready. And so I, I was just like, yeah, it's coming. That's awesome. That's awesome. Sean? So, so for me, uh, it was in, it was that conversation that I had with Jeff about, Hey, I'm hanging back. And I told, I called Caitlin and I said, Hey, I'm stopping. And she said, Hey, no, you're not. And, uh, <laughs> and then that was a very impactful time for me. So that, that resolved it in my, uh, probably in my heart, right? Like I, I, I felt like I was going to finish. And then logistically, I knew that I was going to finish once, uh, A, I didn't die crossing the Mississippi River because uh, I wrecked <laughs> on, on that bridge. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. That was, a, that was a pretty gnarly wreck for me. I think I had two or three bad ones, but that one, that one was pretty bad. Uh, flipped upside down, almost got hit by a car twice. Um, yeah, it, it was wild. Uh, and then we made it through to New Orleans. And then that's when we did the five centuries in five days attempt. Is that right, Jeff? It was after New Orleans. I think we got rested up there. And then we said, we're going to hit five, 500 miles in five days. And uh, we didn't complete that, right? There was a couple of different variables. One of them, we met Liz from Swamp People. Uh, and so we spent like for half the day in a gas station talking to her. And that was probably one of the highlights of the trip for me because I love I love I love that show but uh after that like when we came up with the idea okay we're doing this crazy thing but like let's make it a little bit harder right and we could control the intensity at which we're completing this event that tells me that I'm in control of this entire uh adventure and I can I can finish it that's awesome. And I think I will I will uh I will tag along on that like that is an interesting point I think when uh you know logistically earlier what i was talking about um after texas I, I definitely felt it but i think once we went from being like oh no you know sean's paneers popped off like day one to just being like comfortable just like a hundred percent comfortable in what we're doing like that's when i knew that it was going to happen. Exactly. Like I said, Hey dude, uh, we hit a hundred miles. There's nothing around. There's a gas station. Let's sleep behind it. Don't even pitch a tent. Just get in your sleeping bag, wake up before the sun comes up and boom, we're on to the next one. Like just con like just mashing the pedals, grinding and, but comfortable, right? We can control that intensity. That was for sure. When, when it settled in, we probably should have, I probably should have trained and gotten in shape before we started. So we could have got that a little sooner, but you know, <laughs> it is what it is right so um the the big one and i remember the, the i asked this question in, in the previous two uh uh episodes with your dad with your wife the arrival when you arrived 
what was that feeling? Because now this is different than, you know, you arriving and you calling your dad, you arriving and your, your girlfriend at the time, now wife is picking you up. Jeff and then Sean, what, what was the arrival moment like for you? Uh, it was a little surreal. Um, like I said, uh, after New Orleans, I was mentally just kind of like ready to be done. And we had been like extremely lucky for most of the trip with weather and that last week just felt like it was it was december it was gloomy it was drizzling day some days and uh i just remember like being in jacksonville um and when we first were able to see the ocean like the sun came out and just kind of like it was like there it is there's the finish line and so that was like super cool uh it did feel like from that moment to the actual ocean was a little longer of a ride than I expected. And then it got gloomy again. And I don't know, it just felt surreal, like actually walking out onto the beach and be like, man, did we just do this? It was cool. Yeah, I had been, uh, I'd been choking back tears for the, about a day and a half at that point. And it just, randomly for no reason I would just well up like with with an intense emotion and be like you know well I got to get this out before I see Caitlin because I can't be you know crying like a little you know what insert adjective Uh, (laughs) and so I I, I, yeah just we we rolled into the hotel put our bags down right and then we took our bikes right back outside onto the beach and got into the freezing cold water, held the bikes up over our heads and just getting smacked in the back with waves. I see freaking the only time I subjected myself to cold uh, voluntarily. And it was, it was just a great foggy finish line. It was really good. I, I enjoyed it. That's, that's awesome. And, and you know, the thing that really gets me about your story is that there, there's so many levels that, you know, obviously we, we can't, cover all the details but you can feel that there was uh, a fraternity a brotherhood that happened along the way that you 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 probably overlook now that you know it became like glue for you guys and so I, I say that to say post the ride what uh, Sean obviously has written a book uh, about the event but Jeff you so like post the ride two questions uh, what did that ride do for you in the immediate aftermath of the event? But also, what were your thoughts when Sean said, hey, man, I'm going to write this book of, about what we did? Yeah, um, I, I think that, you know, uh, it gave me like a sense of accomplishment and relief at the same time um, at, in, that, in that moment. And, and it continues to like give me a confidence boost and just like a wonderful experience and memories to reflect on. Um, <clears throat> Like, you know, okay, I did this. If I can do this, I can take on whatever. Um, and then, uh, you know, it, does, it gave me, uh, even getting to spend like those short periods of time with other people along the way um, really gave me a, a perspective on how important community is and just treating people with like kindness and, and respect and how that goes a long way. Um, my friendship with Sean definitely grew a lot throughout that. Um, and I mean, you know, when you spend some, you know, that kind of 
time with someone, you're going to have your, your ups and downs and you're going to get to experience those high notes together. Um, you're also going to have to work through your problems and disagreements. Um, uh, but that just makes your, your friendship stronger. Um, so yeah, no, when he told me he was like writing this book, I was like, you know, super excited for him and I was glad that he was, he was doing it. And, um, yeah. Well, it took me a little while to write the book, but, uh, <laughs> Uh, about a year, year some change. Um, but you, you were talking about the uh, moments of ups and downs and how our friendship grew. And, and I often uh, equate my friendship with Jeff as something that is more intense than any sort of relationship that um, uh, like, like I, have, I have best friends uh, that I went through boot camp with, right? And, or, or that I went through other military, like very rigorous military trainings with those guys have experienced things with me that nobody else will, right? Nobody, nobody was in that room getting yelled at and beat the same way that we were getting yelled at and beat, right? And so I have something with those guys that is just special. And then through that same sort of pain and suffering, uh, I'm sorry if you can hear my son, he's getting a bath right now. Um, <laughs> uh, through that same sort of pain and suffering, uh, Jeff and I like grew together. Uh, and, and I don't think that, that's something easily broken. Well, in addition to that, you know, uh, uh, I, I know about those, those boot camp stories as well. It's a sort of different sort of fraternity in itself. You guys had a, a different sort of um, uh, thing because you really had trial by fire. I mean, you, you went through the mountains, you went through the rain, you, you met uh, Boomhauer from King of the Hill and all of that. <laughs> and, and so that thing is something that is is special just in itself. So w with that, uh, I, I want to follow up with the question that I think is uh, definitely worth uh, bringing in, and that's the the role of how has it uh, how has that ride affected you as men today? What do you think it's done for you as men in this moment in your lives? And so, Jeff, I have you go first, and then Sean, you can uh, author author it all. Yeah, I think for me, uh, like I said, uh, it just really has given me a confidence boost. Like, if if something comes across my way, like I know I can handle it. Um, you know, faced plenty of challenges along the way, and uh, just working through them. I I know what we went through, and I know that like. I can make it work for me. Uh, I would say that, you know, <clears throat> one of the reasons that I did this trip was because in our culture, in our society, we don't have things that, that, that are defining moments saying, Hey, you're a man now, right? Nothing, nothing like they do in like South America or Africa, or uh, I think some Asian countries do it as well, but there's like very defining moments in those cultures where they're, they were a boy and now they're a man. Right. And so uh, that's one of these things for me that that was, this was my own, uh, own inflicted test, if you will, to say, Hey, am I man enough to like step up and do this? And now that I've like gone through that and I experienced it myself for me, uh, what has this trip done in helping uh, to change my life and, and the development of manhood, I would say that now I'm, I feel capable to raise my son and help him become uh, a man and, and past, past lessons learned on. 
Um, and it's not just through cycling, right? But it's, it's giving me the ability to, to work through life's uh, trials and, and sort of filter that down. That's awesome. And, and you know, I, I'm, I'm going to say this to you, and I've been waiting to say this uh, to, to you guys, but I'm proud of you guys. And the reason I say I'm proud of you guys is because you've done something that, you know, if, if someone said that on the surface, hey, man, I'm going to ride my bike across America, you know, they have planes, right? Like they have trains and planes <laughs> and cars. What are you talking about? And like, for instance, your, your, your talk, your, your conversation about Texas and you, how you said it took, what, three weeks or something like that to cross it. I thought driving across Texas from San Antonio to El Paso was awful. I couldn't even imagine what you all have done because Texas is like a world by itself. I understand well, it's, why, why they are it's the way awful, they are. Especially when it took us two days to get through New Mexico. Two days through New Mexico and then three weeks in freaking Texas. It was just the worst mind bender, if you will. I, I believe it. And, and the, the stories that you guys have shared makes – uh, the, the, the preparation and the, the anticipation for your book that much more for me. I mean, obviously I haven't read the book either, but I'm very interested in reading the book and I will be one of the people to help offer to, to support as well, because I just think it's, it's a story about uh, manhood. It's a story about maturation. It's a story about friendship, relationship, and family. Like you have all these things it, peppered in with some uh, comedic things that makes almost sitcom-ish, right, where people have to watch this series on Netflix, tour stories, come check it out, right? But, <laughs> but the, the first thing I want to ask, because as an author of the book, Tour Stories from Beside the White Line, the first thing I ask as a consumer is, why should people get this book? So, Sean, I'm going to have you, uh, obviously the focus is on you now, so why should people get your book? So I, uh, you know, I didn't start out to write this book thinking I was going to get rich or, or anything like that. I, uh, I, I actually have a, out of a fear of uh, dementia, you know, like one day I'm going to forget that I did this or I'll forget these like tiny, tiny details, you know, and I need to just write this stuff down. Right. And so I just wrote, I just wrote the book and I really just started out for me. And then I had a couple of people saying, Hey man, like I, I want to read your book, like make it happen. I like, publish it. And I'm like, uh, okay. So I'm not trying to be inspirational or any, anything like that, but neither were the people that, you know, I read about or the, the movies that I watched about these endurance athletes, they weren't trying to be inspirational either, but it still just, it happened to me, right? Like I gathered inspiration from them. Um, it's just part of endurance sports in general. I think that everybody who shows up to the starting line of something like that is an inspiration in one way or another. And um, so, you know, if you need, if you're feeling stuck, this book might give you the motivation you need to get moving, right? Not on a cycle trip across America, but in whatever endeavor you want to take on, um, it, it, it can definitely get you unstuck. I would also say that it's a, a bit of a coming of age uh, story, you know? So if, if you're dealing with stuff like that or either in your past or currently, um, there are elements that I uh, with that as well. And you, you make a mention of something, and I think it's, it's interesting, and it is the fact that you guys went across the, the, the nation. So that means that you really got to see sort of the heart of the nation. You got to see the people, and I'm sure they came in different shapes and sizes, colors, and personalities. And so your story 
will likely give that to let people know what is interwoven in the fabric of the nation. And I think that in itself is inspirational. And a lot of people who do things uh, with, without the intent of inspiring others inspire. Like if you look at this, this story, you went from a college graduate with, uh, with, with a, gl a glimmer in your eye about maybe what you wanted to do to being a father, uh, a best friend, and basically a brother to Jeff and a family man with a career. I mean, you were clearly successful at this point in your life. And just imagine what more is going to happen for you uh, going forward from taking this journey of writing the book now. The book was your next journey. And so uh, the, 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 the big question is, is when is the book available and where is the book available? Again, tour stories from beside the white line. Yes, uh, thanks for asking. So the, the book will be available on Kickstarter uh, starting March 1st is when we're going to launch that. And it's sort of a crowd, well, it's not sort of, it definitely is a crowdfunding website. So we're going to uh, try to raise enough funds for all the editor and publishing, upfront publishing costs. And um, <clears throat> so, you know, the book is done. The book is written. Um, it's actually, you know, right here in my hand. I'm holding one copy just for me. Uh, but you know, there's a lot more that comes after that that's pretty expensive, and that's what we're raising funds for, and that'll be on uh, March 1st. We're starting that Kickstarter campaign. Awesome. And so if, if people are looking for the book, because we live in the digital age, because of variety, there's some people I know, uh, because I've written books myself, uh, some people like the tactile feel, but some people like the, the digital. So uh, is your book going to be available as an ebook, an audio book? Uh, and are you going to do anything with tour stories? Will you tour or, or what are your uh, sort of perceptions of the potential of what your, your work is going to do? Sure. So, yeah, of course, it'll be in an ebook because that's, you know, everybody, everybody uses the ebook now. So it'll be uh, in that format. Uh, the audiobook, I'm debating on two different, two different ways of doing it, right? Getting a professional um, voice actor to do it. But that would, again, cost, you know, thousands thousands of dollars uh so it comes down to we have our kickstarter goal uh whatever that is um that, that we decide on march 1st if we reach you know x percentage above that i will voice record the audiobook uh and then everybody who bought anything will get a copy of that and then uh, if we reach you know x percentage above that then i'll get a professional guy to do it and uh, uh and then again everybody will get a copy but as far as you know, tour stories in, it, in and of itself, I do plan to use the funds. Uh, if I do make any money off this book, uh, I do plan on recycling that into my next adventure, my next book, Tour Stories, uh, Hiking the AT with Jeff. Which I'm really excited to hear about. Um, uh, I, I hope I'm on the Joe Rogan path of having a long-lasting podcast so I can have a video version of you guys where we talk about Tour Story hiking the uh, Appalachian Trail uh, in, in the, the modern day, right? And yeah, so we'll be sure to show up real rugged-looking, disheveled, <laughs> dirty. <laughs> well, you know, the interesting thing is that, you know, the cover for uh, this and it's, it's, uh, it's you, it, uh, for this specific podcast, you have a beard and Jeff, you look, uh, well, I'm not totally clean shaven, but you're pretty clean shaven more so than Sean is <laughs> in, the, in the image, but it's just, it, it's, it, it's a maturation that uh, I don't even know if you guys saw yourselves where you are. And so 
uh, just in a couple of closing notes, uh, th- is there anything that you want to leave people with uh, about your friendship, uh, the growth that you both have experienced, uh, and what you're looking forward to uh, in the next chapters in life? Because this, this story, this adventure that you went on that became a story that will be shared very soon uh, is one that will likely be inspirational because everyone is not built to do what you did. And so you're going to teach people how to build themselves and to do. So, uh, Sean and Jeff, I'll let you uh, add any extra color you'd like to add. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I mean, if you can find that person in your life that, um, you know, you, you don't have to necessarily do like physical challenges, but just like if you can find that person that is always willing to challenge, your, you know, challenge each other. Um, you know, definitely hold on to that person in your life because um, you, you guys uh, or gals are going to go a long way if you um, stick together. 100%. I mean, like currently, Jeff is the only one that has finished a marathon because I got injured when we were training for our last one. And so we're training for another one. And so, you know, we, we talk to each other almost every day. Hey, what did you do today? What's your training plan look like? Uh, don't ask me about my nutrition because I had McDonald's. So. Uh. <laughs> well, you know the the thing about it is, is that uh, as you um, as you you know, um, I am abroad, and I think uh, one of the things that I found interesting, I've heard stories about people who hike Machu Picchu or have done different things in in, in the world, and how it's completely changed them. Uh, if you could project yourself. Uh, in the next five to 10 years, uh, what do you, what do you see yourselves being? Because you're going to do the Appalachian trail, which means there's going to be another great story and more growth from you and you're adult men now. So is there another coming of age for you? Or do you think this is sort of to define yourself as who you are, create a legacy for the generations behind you? So Sean and then Jeff or Jeff and Sean, whoever feels comfortable starting. Yeah, I think that coming of age stories happen every like four years for me. It seems like, I mean, I come home and then I get married and that's a whole nother adventure that I got to start. Right. And then, uh, and then we go on and we actually hiked Machu Picchu, Caitlin and I, and it was about that development aspect. And I was able to give back because Machu Picchu wasn't extremely difficult for me. Like the salt, the salt track, or the Salkinti Trail and that like six or seven days we were hiking. It was hard. Yeah. But it's my, uh, I love that because I got to watch her push herself and like really have to dig deep and find it in her to, to keep moving. And man, that was, whew, that was awesome. I love that. And so I got another, uh, another one coming up with my son. Like he's a year and a half now. That's a brand new uh, bag of tricks I got to learn. So, um, yeah, I think coming of age stories happen, you know, every, every couple of freaking years. Awesome. And Jeff? Yeah, I think that, um, I mean, a lot of what we've been talking about is really mostly just like physical challenges and pushing ourselves. But I think those are important because you can take away uh, things you've learned and just how to deal in those moments and apply them to other aspects in your life where it's being like, you know, supportive in a relationship or a career or whatnot. Um, so I think it's important just to push yourself and just overcome obstacles and learn along the way. 
I think you, the story that you guys, um, the, the experience you had, the story that you've, you're going to tell and share with the world, uh, Sean, is is one that's definitely worth uh, reading, which I will be reading and and listening to. So again, that is Tour Stories from Beside the White Line, and that is by the author, Sean Morrison. And uh, hopefully we have a, a contribution from Jeff in there if, uh, because he helped contribute to the story. So we look forward to hearing more about that. But the podcast is called Voices of My Brothers, Sisters, and People. Uh, I have always believed that uh, listening to other people and asking questions of why to other people develop us in a way that beyond our imagination. And this series that I've done with you, Sean, has been one that I've really appreciated. Uh, I feel like I've gotten to know uh, the, the quality man that you are. And it's, I'm, I'm, I'm proud that uh, as a veteran myself, that you are uh, one of the people who hold the line for our country as well. And so I thank you for your story. And so I like to leave the final voice with uh, the guests of the show or the contributors, as I like to call them. So uh, you can talk about anything you wish. Obviously, we are in uh, a brand new year. And uh, so you can talk about anything you desire, but I leave it to you and I say thank you for that. So Jeff, I'll have you go first and then Sean, because this has highlighted you, uh, I will have you go last, but I will say thank you to both of you. And um, I definitely wish you all the best in every endeavor you do. Yeah, uh, thank you for having me on the, the podcast. Um, I think, you know, it was just fun having a chance to, it's been a while since I've talked about this and, um, you know, it's just, fun to reflect on everything and um, just kind of talk about <laughs> things that happened ages ago and how, how we've all kind of moved forward in life. Yeah, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, I've sat here at my computer and looked at maps and studied, you know, do we take this turn or that turn and like use Google images to like zoom in and or Google maps to like zoom in and what, what did this building look like again? Remember it? Because uh, again, those details—they start, you know, fading away pretty quickly. Um, but being able to talk about it with Jeff and uh, and and you, yourself, Lou, it's it's really been a lot of fun, and I I, I can't really describe um, how appreciative I uh, I am to for for you to have me on your show. Uh, your charisma and personality is just one that uh, uh, I, I will certainly remember, and I, I appreciate you having me. <laughs> 